And now, beautiful people going fast on fire. Welcome to the True Fiction Podcast, Kino Club Edition. Welcome to True Fiction's Kino Club, where we discuss movies old and new. Tonight, we're going to be talking about the 2023 film Godzilla Minus One, which is a Japanese epic kaiju film directed, written, and with visual effects by Takashi Yamazaki. Produced by Toho Studios and Robot Communications and distributed by Toho Studios, it is the 37th film in the Godzilla franchise and Toho's 33rd Godzilla film. But before we get started, Kena Club Roll Call, my name's Pat. I'm Norbert. I'm Marshall. We all got together, which is very rare these days, and we tromped down to our little cinema in our town, which is, I think the technical term is janky. But I will say this, I thought the sound was great, the presentation on the screen was great, and that was a good start for this movie. Let's talk about the good stuff. What do we think was good about this? I watched a little thing on Critical Drinker, and he said he it was his favorite movie of 2023. And for me, it is my favorite new film of 2023. The thing that struck me the most about this was the, the way they executed the characters, and they were all believable, and they all had different personalities, and the story drew you in to these characters. I cared about these characters. I cared about the risk. Another thing that they did very well is they presented in order to drive the narrative in a way because you have this little girl and it's very key to me in terms of how it moves her part in a story in bringing the story together. And from the way that the story was presented and the way that it unfolded, I was just blown away by how well the characterization and the story laid out. Yeah, I agree. Now it has me thinking, I wonder if this is my favorite movie of 2023. I think this movie was great. I don't know if this movie, maybe other people felt like things were telegraphed and you could see what was coming next, but I really felt like there was always this feeling I had while watching this movie where I didn't really know what was going to happen next. And sometimes I would think I knew what was going to happen. And then it turned out differently than what I expected, even though it, some aspects are a classic story, which really impressed me about this movie because the way they move the narrative really drew me in. And there were times I would watch and I would be like, oh, if this is going to happen, I'm going to be so mad at this movie. And then other times I'd watch and I'd be like. I totally know what's coming and then something (laughs) different would happen. And I was like, oh, wow. And I feel like there's a lot of layers to this movie. I think that, which I really, I really feel like I'm still digesting this movie only coming away from it from a day. I think I've dissected all the surface level stuff, but then I think there's a lot to be said about what Godzilla is a metaphor for. And this really encapsulates it. And I think that this movie is one of the first times I've watched a movie like this. And I go, wow, that's a very powerful message. And I don't think it's a hackney message or like a, or a trite thing that they were trying to push. I feel like it was very sincere and it was very direct and it in a way that I felt was a lot of times like in movies, you hear people like, oh, that was a very moving film and it's, uh, it's Oscar bait. 
This I felt was genuinely a moving film and felt very sincere with that. So I really liked that aspect a lot about this movie. And it's funny to think of it as a Godzilla movie. I liked that they had a lot of throwbacks and references to the older Godzilla movies. And there were things that I think that Godzilla is culturally important in a lot of ways. And it was very interesting to me, the message that was put forth in this. And some of it was, I I don't want to say it's like a, an apology or anything like that, as much as it was just like a, uh, a a rethinking of perspectives and acknowledging that maybe some perspectives in the past weren't always beneficial. And I, and I, I thought that was very interesting also. I think you can watch this movie in a couple different ways. For one, you can just enjoy it as a giant monster movie. But at the heart of it, it really is a drama with a kaiju in it. And it's a very serious drama, really. And then I really enjoyed that about it. I think one thing I haven't liked about what's going on with the Godzilla these days is all the MonsterVerse and King Kong's in it, and it's all from this other place. It's got this huge backstory. When Godzilla originally came on the scene, it was the Japanese people's personification of the nuclear attacks on Hiroshima and Nagasaki in the creature Godzilla. That's really what it represents. So having this movie start at the end of the war was very telling. And some of the subject matter is pretty heavy. And it's it's not this fun, let's see Godzilla fight these other monsters and become the anti-hero. No, this guy is a badass, just wrecked the city. He just doesn't care. He's tearing up everything. I like that. I really did like that because it felt more of what I grew up with when I I was a kid. Another thing that I really liked was the special effects. And this film, I think they said it's cost $15 million, which I think that's a lot of money. If I, I would call that a big budget, but apparently it's not a big budget. And everybody says it's a small budget. But what they com- accomplished, everything looks so good. And then the, the way that they graded the color in the film, it did feel like a, an older time. You could tell a lot of love went into making this movie. And there is a moral at the end. Although I'm not going to say the ending was a feel good because I think it's like the attacks on uh, Hiroshima and Nagasaki that the war stopped, which isn't a bad thing, but then a lot of more terrible things were put in place. And that's what this movie represents in a way. But I, those are the things I liked about it. One of the things that I thought was interesting <clears throat> about this film was could have easily got into sort of a geopolitical thing, but the way they used it was to use the, to, to frame the, the plot, the, the decisions that they was making and the constraints that they were, was under. And the other thing that I thought was interesting is they did not focus on, on Hiroshima and Nagasaki really focused on Tokyo and the fire bombings, which, I've heard a lot of people say that they were more devastating to the Japanese than even the bombs, but I'm not sure about that. But it it was interesting to me how they framed it. And I just, it was so amazing how they could weave all these themes together, the writer, and it worked. Because the way he approached it could have easily blown up if he didn't deftly handle it. 
like Marshall was saying, there was times where you thought, oh, I know exactly what's going to happen. But one of the things that we have talked about with adventure stories that Hollywood has got away from is the sort of video game aspect where you don't feel like there's any real danger. They established early in this film that there's danger. People can be lost. And so you're on edge. Characters, main characters are going to end up making it through this story because you've seen characters not make it. And so it was just so well handled. And the that they did to the old Godzilla movies with some of the sounds and stuff, I just thought that was so cool because up-and-coming filmmaker could just say, ah, I'm going to do my entire thing and I'm not going to harken back to any of the old stuff. But he was respectful of the source material, I felt like. It was uh, very reverently done. I thought the story was phenomenal. We talked a little bit about this yesterday, and I think somebody said, even if you took the monster out of it, it still would have been a a compelling story. It would be something that we would be interested in seeing and putting some time into. Another thing that we talked about this a little bit yesterday, I was wondering why Godzilla Minus One, that doesn't, the name didn't make any sense. And I, I read about this. Basically, what it is is that Japan at that time was at, it was like the worst time for Japan. The, the bombs had been dropped. The, the place had been wrecked by the firebombing. They had just lost a war. They had to concede. There was not a lot of stuff going well for Japan at the time. And that put them to zero. And then minus one is because Godzilla brought them even lower. I thought, wow, that's really interesting. And knowing that name and what that really meant really struck home to me. Is like, Yeah, that I get that. That makes that makes a lot of sense from what we just watched. It had almost an A-team feel to, like, it wasn't tank shooting or we're going to just get a bigger bomb. They actually put the solution, and I was like, well, that's interesting. I wouldn't have thought that was the way they was going to go with it. And I thought it was just so well handled on so many levels. It, it, it didn't work. As you said, you could pull Godzilla out of it and it would still be a compelling film if you, you, you replaced it with something else happening in the war. And it still would have worked. There's part of it that they talk about what happens in there that it's almost like a reimagining of history where the Americans wouldn't allow them to have their ships back, but they basically gave them the decommissioned ships to fight with. And that was that was Douglas, yeah, Douglas MacArthur. And the bombing at Bikini Atoll is what made Godzilla even bigger and made him just enormous. When we first see him, he's this pretty svelte lizard that's running around, and he's pretty big, but he's nowhere near what he becomes. And it's it's really interesting how they use history to play into this. And I thought that's just amazing how they do this. It almost feels like a alternative history didn't they even show clips from if i'm my memory is right they actually showed like news film footage from back in the day they actually had macarthur they actually had news footage of macarthur i thought that was awesome yeah so there was a lot of stuff that brought it back to reality which i thought they did really well another thing that i was surprised about this film is that it's all in japanese and they subtitled it. And I was so involved with the story, I didn't even think about it. 
after we got so far into it, I didn't even think about the subtitles being subtitles. I just, I was completely in the story experience. Yeah, I don't think I want to see this dubbed. I don't want to watch that version of it. This was so good, and you just got so involved with it. It's funny, when I watch a foreign film like this, and especially when I get so involved, I hear their voices saying the English version. It's really strange how reading that happens, but it's a really unique thing. There's a couple of those actors, if you tried to dub them, I don't think it would work at all. I was thinking about that captain of the ship that they was going out to get the the mines with, oh, that yeah. guy. The wire, he, he had this kind of real choppy kind of, I, I don't know how you would dub that and make that work. I agree. I wouldn't want to watch a dubbed version of that. I think it's fascinating how, even though we don't understand the language, you can still watch this and realize it was very well acted. Even with just reading the subtitles, Nothing felt forced or fake about it. I, f- I felt like the emotions we were seeing on the screen resonated really well. For the most part, everything was shut off except for that stupid kid that kept you out talking through the whole <laughs> movie behind us. Everything else got shut off, and I was just so involved in that film. It really just sucked me in, and I really didn't know. I really didn't know what was going to happen. You Things happen that you didn't think would happen, and you wow, you can't count on anybody being there at the end of this film. All right, so there was a lot we liked about this movie, clearly. What didn't we like about this film? My biggest thing was I really loved the spelt uh, Godzilla at the island, but the junk in the trunk (laughs) version that showed up later that had way too many atomic burgers, (laughs) I got to tell you, I didn't quite like that. I will say this. I thought... They tried to play homage to the old uh, Godzilla, and I think that's where that came from. But that, and the eyes just look too human to me. I would think that a super giant lizard would have weird eyes, but those are cosmetic things. But I will say that I thought that those didn't work for me as well. I agree. There were, I hate to say this because I really like the graphic of Godzilla. Like the, the effects, but there was something about his face sometimes that just not that I'm expecting mannerisms from a giant radioactive lizard, but it was like, he just had this weird, goofy look. And I couldn't tell if that was like a throwback to the way the original Godzilla looked, or if that was just something about the graphics just didn't line up like they, they should have. And I almost hate to bring that up because there were so many other parts of the graphics that were just amazing. There's a thing that happens where when you watch movies now, you go, oh, I've seen this style of computer-generated graphics before. This seemed very unique to me, and I couldn't really put my finger on what it was or why it felt the way that it did, but it was a pleasant change compared to other graphics that I've seen before in movies. The computer-generated graphics of the monster it seemed different and unique compared to other films that I've seen. It was interesting. It was a good change of pace. I got one more thing, and that is there's one thing that I didn't understand, and that is the why Godzilla was going into the city to just tear up stuff and then leave. I didn't feel I didn't quite understand that because he's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know because they said, 
he claims this is a territory. Was he eating something, or is he is there is he drawn to electricity? Not like they could have just said one or two sentences as to why he was doing this, and I would have went okay. But I was like, why are you just going? You're being a dick. Why is he being a dick? Maybe he was upset at people because they they nuked his place. I don't know. I, I thought it was the bombing had disrupted them, like displaced them. And then he was making a pass because they did the whole thing where the boats tracked him for a while and tried to divert him. And it was like he was making a path toward the island to maybe find a new home. Maybe. And maybe, the, I don't know. I just, I, that was the one thing I was like, I understand why. And maybe I didn't need to understand why. I still enjoyed the story, but i that was one thing I was like, hmm, like Pat says to me, just being a dick. Oh, it, it's not, I'm, I just looked that up. It's not completely valid, but to feed on their power grid. Ah, uh, he needed a little diet a little bit, I thought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he had that. Electro punch going on there. Okay, so he was feeding on. Okay, now I can buy that. I can buy that. Yeah. One thing I was going to add, I want to get back to what Marshall was talking about and the look of the Godzilla. I think in earlier films, I remember his nose being a little bit sharper, more elongated. And this one, it seemed to be more rounded. He looked almost like a dog swimming. When you remember when he was like, his head was just above water. I would have to agree with Norbert about the look of his body. His body looked a lot like one of the toys that you have of a Godzilla, and it's big on the base, so it will stand up correctly. And it just was a little chunkier than I remember a Godzilla being. That was a little bit strange. I think I would have appreciated it more even if he wasn't that svelte-looking Godzilla, the really thin one with the more almost like a dinosaur look, I think I would have liked that better because of the way he moved. Because when he moved like that, he was very quick and agile. But when he basically got really big, he just he lumbered. He just stepped. There wasn't a lot more movement other than his legs moving, which was cool, but it, I think it could have been a little bit better. But that is really a small thing for me. I think it's definitely the, the whole, when we're just over not the dinosaur look, in our own minds, it's not quite there. I think that's, in total compare of what this movie is about, that's a small thing. I didn't care when his, like his scales would come up when he did the atomic breath thing. Oh yeah, and I was like, "Why? Why does he have to do that?" And then it would like lock into place like a mechanical thing, and I just thought that's weird. But okay, you know, you whatever. But again, that's an aesthetic thing of the dinosaur, the the lizard, giant lizard. Um, but in terms of that's that's like my only clip film, basically. Is Godzilla being regenerative? Regenerative, yes. Regenerative. Is that a is that classic Godzilla or or is that something that this movie brought to Godzilla or added it, to? If it has happened before, I didn't realize it. 
So I don't remember him being that way. But having said that, we never had, in 1954 when Godzilla came out, I don't think the technology was there to actually allow him to do that. Maybe he was. There was I don't a dude know. in a suit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a guy in a plastic suit. But it makes sense like a lizard regenerates parts of itself. Now, regenerating the head, that's a tall order. But Yeah, I, I didn't even think of that, the whole concept of a lizard being able to do that, regrow his tail. And so that makes a little more sense. Yeah, Regener- I- what did they say? He laid, weighed 20,000 tons? That's a lot of regeneration. That's a lot of regeneration, yeah. <laughs> That's a lot of uh, nuclear waste or whatever it is. Actually, I just looked this up. Godzilla's regeneration ability originally appeared in Godzilla t- 2000 as a plot device. <laughs> so I don't think everything was like what you would call canon, but I think that the what, the blue glow and the spikes popping out, I don't remember that before, but I thought it was interesting and I... I, I don't hate any of that stuff. I thought it was interesting. I And in a way, one of the reasons we got that was to add tension to the plot. Like when they were going to set something off and he was like, you could see he was regenerate. He was getting ready to blow the, the atomic blast. And we got really close to that happening. Do you remember that? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah. Yep. It, it okay. took him a while to do it. But yeah. when he did it, man, it oh. was devastating. Dev- definitely devastating. Yeah, he was. Uh, for me, this is probably the most fearsome Godzilla that I've ever seen on screen. He's definitely the most volatile. And w- what they did really, this goes back to what they did well. What was the Godzilla movie that had Matthew Broderick in it? I think it was just called Godzilla like or something like that whenever it came out that movie i was the reason i thought about it is that godzilla moved really well at least is my my recollection of it but there's it it didn't work for me in terms of you would think that it would be more scary but this was godzilla was so devastating even though he the design may have left a little bit to be desired but what he did was absolutely you you for the this is the first Godzilla movie where I went, oh my gosh, he, this would completely play havoc with everything if this actually was uh, alive. Thank God it isn't. Yeah, so the Godzilla in the, it was a 1998 movie, the Godzilla in that movie, he wasn't really bad. He was just this big thing that kept accidentally bumping down buildings and stuff because he was so big. Like, that's cool. Until I seen this one, I'm like, Oh man, that is Godzilla. This one is like wreaking havoc everywhere. He's not doing this because he's just too big lumbering around. He is meaning to tear these buildings down, just knocking things down because he wanted to. And I think because he was also getting power from it. I like this one because it felt more like what I felt about Godzilla when I was younger. This movie was great. Was and so it really rejuvenated my. I mean, now I, I'll just I'll watch Godzilla movies until I give it up. I think at this point, I just can't help it. Yeah, I think this movie did a great job of almost like dignifying Godzilla again, bringing it back to it's a creature to be feared and respected. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just like we need to feel about nuclear power. That's not a political statement. That's just the way it is. That's some dangerous stuff you're playing with. Which. Absolutely. 
we probably just talked about the things we didn't like about this because there weren't very many things. This movie, and I, one thing I really like about it is the, the effects, the, the story, the direction was all from one guy. And I thought, that's amazing that one guy could do that. I want to hear more of his story, Takashi Yamazaki. I want to hear more about how he got on this. What's he done before? What's I'm he sure. going to do? What's he going to do next? Yeah, they said he already has. If you've seen the movie, that there is definitely room for a sequel. And it was set up just for a sequel. And I'm the two minds about that. I, in, in a way, I, if I can see something this good again, I want to see a sequel. But also, I just don't want to see a sequel and ruin this, which happens a lot. So, <laughs> yeah. How many part twos are anywhere in the same zip code as a good part one? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. The other thing, too, is what I'm afraid of is that right now, this movie has a limited release in the United States and it is kicking the ass of a lot of American movies right now. No, I'm not talking about Barbie. You just can't touch Barbie or anything. But there are a lot of movies right now that we've seen. It is right in line with, it's right in line with A Murder in Venice, which I thought was one of the best movies I've seen this year. It's really making some noise. And what the, the thing that, that scares me is that somebody's just going to want to throw money at this thing. And I don't begrudge any director money because I think that's one of the hardest things for them to get to, to make good films for us. But I just don't want it to go down that path where too many cooks spoil the, spoil the soup kind of thing. Is he confirmed to do another Godzilla next, or is he doing something else? I don't know. What I heard was that he built the movie so that it would be able to be made into a sequel easily. Whether they're going to use him or not, I'm not sure. Because I can tell you, the magic in this was the story and the direction and the actors. The secret sauce in this was not the Godzilla as much as I love Godzilla. I agree. Yeah. I agree 100% on that. I'm with you. It's hard to imagine they could do as good of a story twice. I say that, but then I also, I would really enjoy the other Godzilla monsters to be featured. I would love to see a, a Mothra film. Rodan or, yeah. Yeah. Ghidra, King Ghidra. But that, that once again, now there I am calling him King Ghidra. That's part of the monster verse, so. I don't ever want these to become that. But yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing him fighting another creature. As long as they're both wanting to destroy Tokyo. <laughs> That's what I want to see. And I don't know. I thought one of the things I really liked about this film was this could have been easily a movie that would slam America and American ideas. And it was more of a bringing people together thing, the, the thing that a lot of people did a lot of things wrong and that we needed to have a little bit of grace. And I just, that part of the story just kills me. I think it's amazing. Maybe as time has passed, we've, it's made us more sensible, but they really could have went a different way with that. And I'm just, I'm really, I really like that they, they didn't. It was a celebration of the common man in a way over governments and high flutin leaders. And yeah, that was part of the beauty of this. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that was. I thought it was fantastic how it was the uh, more universal concepts, al although it was during what could have featured as a very political time in the film. It was a uh, very universal concepts, and I think that's why it's 
probably having the international success that it's had. It's one of these movies that it, I don't want it to stop. I want to read more about it. I want to know more about the direction and why they did what they did. And I just want to know everything about this film. And I love it when there's a movie that makes me care for it that much. So in summary, what do we think about this flick? I want to say for this movie and this director, the reason I think people need to watch this, because I haven't seen anything quite like this since early Spielberg. This, this has elements of E.T., Jaws, and Jurassic Park when some of the themes, just the appeal that we was talking about, it hits the buttons that almost anybody anywhere in life can watch this movie and enjoy the the story of it, the the sort of universal universality of, of, of the human experience and the triumph of, of the human experience. I give this like the highest recommendation. Just even if you don't like monster movies, if you like human interest stories, this is a good film to watch. I think uh, Godzilla Minus One is a fantastic film, uh, and I would highly recommend it. There's a lot of good about this movie. I think it's got a important message, but I think there's a lot of things as far as why people go to see movies. This has done a great job of finding that. I definitely recommend this film to anybody who likes cinema, anybody that wants a good time at a theater, wants to feel something. Because this movie will make you feel. And there you have it, folks. Another episode of True Fiction's Kino Club in the books. Thank you for joining us for another round of Movie Madness and sharing your love of cinema. Don't forget to rate and review us on your favorite podcast app and stay tuned for next week's episode. Until then, keep your eyes and ears open for the truth in fiction. Good night. Thanks for hanging out with us on the True Fiction Podcast. If you like what you've heard, please visit us at Facebook. You can also leave us a review on iTunes or through your favorite podcast app. Until next time, stay true and stay creative. Hey, you're too late. Catch your ride somewhere else. Catch your ride. Catch your ride somewhere.